up? Welcome back to the On Guard Time Podcast. Today, we have one of my favorite people in the world. I got to meet Willie at uh, the Arkansas FCA camp. Uh, man, he is the big dog. He is a servant of Christ. And I'm going to list off a couple of uh, accomplishments uh, that he has uh, so far in his career as a speaker and uh, just his life. Uh, Willie Spears played football at Northwestern Oklahoma State University. And tell me if I get any of these wrong, all right? Uh, where he earned a degree in mass communications and was a member of the 1999 NAI National Championship football team. He earned his master's degree in education from Troy University. He has written 14 books, uh, and he served in education and coaching for 20 years before he decided to begin his journey on the Willie Spears experience, where he now publicly speaks professionally and preaches the gospel as a living. Did I get all that right? You got it right, baby. I need to take you on the road with me. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, man, I, I'm so excited for today. Uh, Willie was our speaker at FCA camp, and he uh, – and I'm not saying this to suck up. I promise you I mean this with all sincerity. There's been a lot of speakers in my life, but I've told people I really believe that you did the best job of clearly presenting the gospel and just being motivational, honestly. Like, I was so fired up when you got done speaking, and uh, I'm excited for people to get to know a little bit about you today. So – Tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me who you are. Well, first of all, God bless you, Caleb. Thank you for having me on, man. It was an honor to meet you. Like you said, I've written 14 books. Now it's 15. We had a book come out yeah. today. Today we, we had go. a book come out, yeah. And we have another book coming out in, uh, on Black Friday, right around Thanksgiving, called Soul Searching, S-O-L-E. Mm. It's, a, it's a devotional for sneakerheads. But I say that to say I didn't write my first book till I was almost 30 years old, and you're 22, 20 years old, early 20s, and already written a book, man. So your, your, your star is rising, and so it's awesome to see men of God impacting others through, through writing. And so, uh, man, it's an honor to be on your show. But I'm an only child, born and raised in Panama City, Florida. I've been married to Tanika for 20 years. We have two beautiful children, mm-hmm. Taylor and Kenneth, who love the Lord. Uh, my great uh, great grandfather was the first black man to live in Panama City, so there's a lot mm. of history there in our hometown. I was a teacher and a coach for 20 years, and an administrator was the head football coach of seven high schools. Was been an athletic director for a long time. For the last two and a half years, I've been speaking full time all around the country. I'm actually in South Carolina right now, in the middle of two camps, kind of like what I did when I met you in Arkansas. And so I'm mm. just honored that God has me in this lane in this chapter of my life. I'm excited for what he's doing next. And it's just really cool to be used by him. I'm nowhere near worthy, but it's like, it's like LeBron yeah. James takes scrubs and say, we can win the championship with these scrubs. <laughs> God is like, watch this. I'm going to use Willie Spears to show y'all how mm. bad I am. I'm going to use this scrub. And so it's great to be used by him, man. It's an honor to be on your show. Man, that I love that so much. Yeah. We're definitely scrubs compared to Jesus for sure. No so doubt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but man, you already kind of went into it a little bit, but uh, I know that you uh, you went into it more at camp. But I got to ask you the question of the podcast. It's like a testimonial question. When did you decide to stop living on your time and start living on God's time, and why? Well, two different times. So I had a great youth pastor about it, a guy named Superintendent David Woods uh, when I was a young guy, and he was these two men in my church a guy named Lorenzo Martin and David Presley. They were on fire for Christ. They were like 25 years old. I was 15. My dad was a Christian. My mom was a Christian. I was in church all the time. But seeing those young men who love sports, uh, two of them love sports. One of them was uh, was our musician. He wasn't really into sports, but he was our youth pastor. And watching their life made me want to give my life to Christ. So when I was 15 years old in my bedroom, 240B Craft Avenue, I asked God to come into my heart. And then at church that next third Sunday, we, every third Saturday, we have youth church. And I let people know what I did in my heart. And it was scary. But that was the first time I decided not to do things my way and do things God's way. And then in my life as a speaker, uh, I was called to the ministry early, was ordained, was licensed. And all that was great. But when God asked me to give up coaching, and speak full time, I, I, I wish I could tell you that it was an easy decision, but my mm. ego, my flesh really loved coaching. And I, and I saw God move in coaching. And when God asked me in 2008, I felt the Holy Spirit telling me to go speak full time. I didn't listen. It wasn't until mm. 2021 where I just said, you know what? I'm going after this thing full tilt. And God allowed certain things to happen to put a bad taste in my mouth for coaching, but he had to do that because I wouldn't be obedient. So I would say that's the second time I, I didn't walk my path, but I walked the path that God had for me. And so it's been, it's been awesome to walk in obedience. 
Man, I love that so much. And uh, I, I've talked about this a little bit on here, but, you know, you, you're talking about uh, feeling led to do that, but then not. Uh, I kind of had an experience like, like that uh, in college. Um, I got offered a scholarship to play basketball at Williams Baptist University, where I play now. And uh, instead, I chose to go to Arkansas State to walk on. And that was like – it was so – it was ridiculous how evident it was that God was like, Caleb, I want you to go to Williams. All right. I want you to go to Williams. But I was like, ah, NAIA school. Why would I go there when I could go to a division one school and this and that. And man, let me tell you something. Worst six months of my life. I was only there for a semester. Uh, basically ended up, my transcripts ended up uh, not transferring properly. And I got there and I basically was told you are not going to get one dime of academic money from this school. And so basically the first day of class, I knew I had to leave. Like it was terrible. Like I went, I literally went into class and went home. Uh, I ended up not saying there's anything wrong with this. I, I ended up having to pick up a job that uh, I didn't like. And I ended up having to do all these things that I, I hated. And I was just like, if I just listened to the Lord, like I would, I would have been in his will and I would have been at the school. And it's kind of crazy. I was in a time of desperation and I literally like, called now my college coach coach Austin and I was just like hey coach uh you know is is there any chance that I, I could come and we could talk and he's like yeah for sure and I went on a visit went and watched some practice we ate lunch together spent the day together and then uh you know he he just encouraged all he did was encourage me the whole day all he did was encourage me uh that's you know when I was in the process of writing my book and he actually uh emphasized to me the, the big like theme of the book which is it's not about you uh, like the Rick Warren said in his book, uh, talking about, you know, there's no way you're going to overcome fear unless, you know, you give it to the Lord. Like, it's not something you, you don't look within yourself to overcome fear. You look to the Lord. That's why it says choosing faith over fear. Like, what's your faith in? And so, but, but like just spending a day with him, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm an idiot. Why did I not go here immediately? And right on the spot, uh, he was like, you've still got a spot here. You've still got a scholarship and you can come at the semester if you want. So I transferred it this semester and I've been there almost two years and I absolutely love it. And, uh, man, I just, I just wish I would have, uh, said yes. You know, like you talked about, like if, if I would have just said yes to the Lord, um, you know, things would have worked out better. And, and I'm, I'm happy that, you know, I don't think that if I didn't go through a lot of that stuff, I don't think I'd be where I'm at now. So I am thankful for the trials and tribulations. Like you said, like, you know, you having a bad moment through coaching that happened with me, but man, uh, yeah, I just learned better and better. Just let the Lord pick, like like we've talked about. So yeah, man. And I'm gonna tell you, as, as men, Satan knows our ego loves to be stroked. And mm. it, it, I'm gonna be honest. It's a better Facebook post. It's a better Snapchat. It's a better mm. TikTok. It's a it's a better Twitter post to say I'm going to A State. It just it, it sounds better. Man, you going D one? Oh man, you the truth. But it, it, mm. it, it doesn't have that that big ring to it to say, I'm going to Williams College to play basketball, NAIA ball. But Satan wants us to pound our chest. Mm -hmm. And Jesus wants us to shout him out. Mm. You know, he, he's jealous. And so, man, I've been there and I've suffered because I've been there and uh, worried about what men think. I told someone the other day, one of my former um, students is uh, works for the FBI. Mm. And uh, they're going through some things right now, not job related, and one thing that we talked about was choosing the difficult right over the easy wrong. And, and we talked about how, unfortunately, we, for some reason, it's hard for us not to value what other people think. And I just told him, I said, one of my gifts in my older age is I don't care what other people think. Like, mm, if you're not yeah. in my small circle, like my dad, I care what my dad thinks. My wife, I care what my wife thinks. But it's not too many people that I'm concerned about their opinion of me. Because they, they haven't earned the right to make their opinion known to me. And so what happens with opportunities like you were talking about, we want society to tell us that we're worthy. When the one who made us let us know that he, we're worthy because he gave his son for us. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's so true. And like that, I, I was also in a period of time where, like you said, like I, I was letting the words of other people define me. Like I was... You know, I was in a season of my life where uh, now, obviously, Galatians 1.10 has so much more meaning to me. Uh, am I now living to please man or am I living to please Christ? If I was living to please man, then I would not be a servant of Christ. And, like, for me, uh, I was just in a period of time where, like you said, like, I, I thought about that. Man, people can say, oh, I, I don't think about how it's going to look. Man, yeah, you do. 
We all do. We're men. And, like, I was thinking, like, oh, Arkansas State, like, man, this is going to look so much better, this and that. But, like, man, I, I wish I could explain to you I'm so much happier at the school I'm at. And I, I've learned more about Jesus being able to take Bible classes, uh, being able to, like, you know, just one thing off the top of my mind, uh, like, I've learned about, like, uh, synoptic parallelism, antithetical parallelism in uh, biblical story and biblical interpretation. Uh, and, like, I've been able to literally, like, clearly show people, like, hey, in Psalms, it's written this way because of this and this. And people be like, man, how you know that? How you know that? Well, I'll be like, man, uh, I mean, I'm Christian Ministries minor. I've got 30 hours worth of classes on it. No doubt, and, brother. And, 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 that, and that was me. Yeah. And so, but, man, uh, you know, we're talking about lifestyle. We're talking about, uh, you know, stuff like that. So I want to ask you uh, another question I want to kind of get into in the topic is like what um, if you could give one piece of advice right now to college age students, because it's a lot of like young adults who listen to this. If you could just give one piece of advice, um, you could say lifestyle habits, wh whatever it is, your best piece of advice, uh, what would it be? Well, I want to say this first. It's a great question. There's a song called Justified by a rapper named Show Baraka. And on the mm -hmm. uh, a long time ago, uh, one one six Lecrae's label, they did an album that they wrapped the thirteen letters of Paul, and you just quoted Galatians one and ten. In that song, he talks about that verse. The song is called Justified. His name is Show S H O Space Baraka B A R A K A, I believe. And Show Baraka talks about that verse. And uh, it's it's when you said, it, I thought about that. It's really good. But one piece mm -hmm. of advice I would give is is do not make the decision. Let mm -hmm. God make the decision and, and I you were that camp and I told a story of a student I used to coach how they were in a relationship with someone that they had three children with and that mm. the, the man did not do anything around the house didn't work all the man wanted to do was smoke and hang out and play video games didn't work didn't help with the kids didn't mow the grass didn't cook didn't fold clothes didn't do didn't do anything and I said to her, her that it wasn't the man's fault it was her fault and she said how was it my fault I said you're a bad picker mm, she said, yeah. what does that mean what does that mean? I said, you picked a loser and now you're mad that he's losing. So that's, you can't order a cheeseburger and be mad it has cheese on it. That's all you. <laughs> and so what happens is as young people, we, we choose. We pick our college. You just show where that's a mistake. We pick our, uh, a boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, a husband, wife, fiance, fiance, whatever. And it's bad. We pick our major. That's bad. Like we're just not good pickers. We're human. So we're, we're, we're swayed by social media. We're swayed by what other people think. And, and for whatever reason, we think that our wisdom is enough. The Bible says in many places that we should not lean on our own wisdom. The Bible says that the wisdom of man is not enough. But for whatever reason, we make these lifelong decisions. I tell my children, I have an 18-year-old and a 17-year-old. I said, if you can get it right between the ages of 15 and 25, your life will be good. If you mess it up between 15 and 25, you're going to create hurdles that you would not have to have to jump. Now, you're going to jump to hurdles anyway. Mm -hmm. But if you mess up and get addicted to something between 15 and 25, end up having children and not married between 15 and 25, end up getting a police record, I'm sorry, end up getting a police because record between the age of 15 and 25, any of that, we can all bounce back from that. God is so mm -hmm. gracious and merciful. However, we're creating more hurdles for ourselves. So I would just live my life trying to glorify God, living our Colossians 3.23, where it says, let's do everything unto God, not to man with all of our heart. And then God is going to show us everything. If we run full speed after God, we're running to our career we're supposed to have. We're running to the spouse we're supposed to have. We're running to the place we're supposed to live. We just don't have enough information to make a wise decision on anything. So we should let God make that decision for us. So to answer your question, if I can give any piece of advice to a young person, what I would tell my younger self is stop trying to orchestrate your life. Mm -hmm. Let God do the planning. Let God do the picking. Let God do the figuring out because you're going to mess it up. Man, I love that so much. And that's something I've kind of committed myself to right now. Uh, like you like you talked about, um, you know, between the ages of 15 and 25, uh that's, that's just when you're kind of establishing yourself for the rest of your life. And I, I think to myself, you know, uh, I've been on here before and I've talked about pornography before. We did a whole episode on pornography and my, my friends and I talked about how um, for me, if I'm being very open and honest in the last three years, I think I've watched porn four times. Like there have been times where it, it has come up. There's been times I've fell, fallen in. But it has not been very much. Like, I would definitely call myself free from addiction, for sure, 100%. But there was a period of time in high school 
where it was, I was ridiculously, uh, I was addicted to it. Uh, man, it was, it, it just consumed my life. I didn't view women purely. I, I didn't, you know, it, it messed with my, my mental, uh, I, my mental clarity. Um, it's literally like, it will create, like, it will chemically change your brain. And no, that, so, no, and, and you're right. And, and unfortunately music videos now it was porn mm. 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, so even if you don't go to the website and look at pornography, what we call pornography, if you go back to I Love Lucy, that hit TV show, they slept in separate beds on the show, and they had a child mm-hmm. on the show. But now you can watch TV anytime and see somebody fully making out, see somebody's whole mm-hmm. bare back, see their butt, see their not just their cleavage, but everything except their nipple. Like, there, there's you see men kissing, women kissing. It's not mm-hmm. suggestive anymore. It's in your face. And so none of that pleases God and all the things you said, it create these images in our mind and we don't respect women the way we should, but Satan has an agenda to steal, kill and destroy. And so it's great that you had an honest conversation on this podcast, especially with the, the, your target audience, 15 to 25 year olds, because I, I, I don't know a man. I don't think I know a man that has not struggled with pornography. Yeah, you know, in their life. I mean, I just think it's it's so unfortunately, and they may not even know they struggle with it. They may think it's natural, so it's not a struggle, you know. And so I think it's awesome that you're vulnerable about that. But you're absolutely right. We need to let him pick in every area of our life, including that area. Yeah, and and I think now is the time. Uh, you know, like for me, uh, a big thing of mine has been like you know thinking about like finances and thinking about um, all those things like. You know, am I giving the Lord my finances? Am I giving my Lord, the Lord my addictions? Am I am I giving him those things because I'm at a period of time in my life where, like, it's time to think about those things. Like, I'm 22. It's not like uh, I'm not a kid anymore. Like, I'm, uh, I'm about to have a career. I'm about to start really, uh, like, um, I, I guess I'll ask you this. I didn't even plan on asking you this. When would you say you're a grown man? Because, like, I'm a man, obviously. I'm 18. Or, like, when you turn 18, you're a man. But when would you say you're a grown man? Like you can say, I'm a man of God. Like when, when can you say that? Is it a financial thing? Is it a, oh, you're paying for all your stuff. Uh, you're living for like, what, what is it that makes that? So I have an 18 year old the other day. She wanted to do something that we did not want her to do. And she, her mm. statement was, I'm basically grown. And mm. uh, not, she wasn't being disrespectful. She was basically saying, I'll be in college in six weeks and I can do this anyway. So like, why can't I do it now? And I sent her, a list of all the things we pay for her. I mm. said, if you was grown, you'd be paying all these bills. So grown people don't need to consult with an adult to make a decision. Mm. So I told her, you're 18 years old, but you're not a grown up. Now you may be legally, if you get in trouble or if something happens, but the question you asked to me is twofold. A man of God and a grown up, two different things. I know men who mm. are 50 years old who aren't men of God. They go to church. Mm. But they aren't men of God. Men of God serve others. Men of God handle their responsibility. Men, men of God are not governed by their emotions. That's so good. So, so a man of God, you can't, you can't control him with, with, with your words. So, mm-hmm. if, so a lot of guys, I could say, shut up, punk. I'll slap you in your face. And many men are going to say, well, then do it. I just controlled you. I can whisper to my mm-hmm. friend, hey, watch this. I'm going to make this dude mad. Watch this. Hey, man, you ugly. You stink. Your wife ugly. Matter of fact, I used to be with your wife. Me and your wife were together when y'all were the first. Like, so words, I'm like a puppet. It's like a puppet. I'm, I have the marionette. I control you. I can make you fight. Mm. I can make you curse. I can make you get drunk. I can make you get high because you don't control yourself. So you're not a man of the spirit. You're a man of the flesh, meaning you're not a man of God. And you could be mm. 60 years old and not be a man of God. So a real man is not controlled emotionally. He doesn't lose his temper. He strikes out. He doesn't throw the bat and kick every table over and dump the garbage can. His wife makes him mad. He doesn't haul off and hit her or his girlfriend. So there are many grown people who stand up and pee that aren't men of God. To answer your question, when are you a man? You're a man when you pay your own rent or your own mortgage. And you are on your own insurance. Car insurance, health insurance, dental insurance, vision. You pay all of that. You're a man or a grown-up, grown woman, when you pay your own cell phone bill, when you pay your own car note. That's when you're grown. There are a lot of people, I know people 29 years old, still on their mama's uh, cell phone bill plan. Mm-hmm. And they don't see a problem with it. And I don't either, to each his own. But a grown-up is self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. 
they don't depend on their mom, their dad, their grandma to support them. So grown mean you're not an infant anymore. Yeah. You're grown up. You don't need training wheels. And so, yeah, I think a lot of college students believe they're grown. And I, I, I don't think any college student is an adult. I just, mm. I think they're like legally, yes. But if you're an adult, why don't you pay? You need to pay all your college bills, pay your car note, pay for your housing, pay everything on your own if you're grown. Now, there are some uh, college students that that is their situation. But if they live with somebody that's not their husband or wife of the opposite sex, then they may be an adult, but they're not a godly adult. Mm, yeah. Because a man of God wouldn't live with a woman unless that was his wife. A woman of God wouldn't live with a guy. It's cheaper. Uh, it helped with the bills. We're just friends. What you're saying is God is not powerful enough to handle these bills, so I need a man or woman to help me. Mm. You know, so we can't have it both ways. We can't say I'm all in for Christ, but I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Living for Christ means I'm going to do what I don't want to do. I'm going to do mm. the hard way. I'm going to do what's uncomfortable. When Christ climbed on that cross, he was uncomfortable. When they was mm. whipping him and ripping his flesh, that was not comfortable. When they put the, those crown of thorns on his head, that was not comfortable. So we want to be comfortable and we want to be obedient. We can't be both. You either got to be obedient, which is uncomfortable, or be comfortable, which means you can do whatever you want to do. I can get drunk. I'm high. I get high. I'm, in a, I'm depressed so I can do something to make me feel better. I'm horny so I can do something to make me feel better. I'm mad so I can do something to make me feel better. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus did not do what he wanted to do. That's the walk of Christ. It's an everyday struggle to sacrifice what I feel like doing for what God has called me to do. And I'm telling you, I'm an old man and I haven't mastered it yet. There's days I mm. get it right and days I don't get it right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the thing too. Like I, I love you said that. I mean, the thing with me is like, at least you're making an effort. At least you're putting yourself out there and saying like, you know what? Uh, if you're, maybe your struggle is, you know, getting emotional, right? You're, you struggle with like lashing out or whatever. You, you get up in the morning and you say, man, I know this is my, this is the thorn in my flesh, like Paul talks about, and I am not going to give into this today. Uh, my, my biggest thing is like, uh, man, I, I had a realization at camp. I don't know if, I don't think I ever told you this, but I had a realization at camp. Um, this is not necessarily talking about men in my family, but just men I've seen in general in my life, whether that's coaches or whether that's uh, just people I've been around. I've realized a lot of men are extremely emotional and a lot of men don't know how to control themselves. And so for me, that's been a very big mission of mine. Like I have told myself, I was like, not that I'm going to be emotionless, obviously, like you want, you want to, you know, man, if something's <laughs> something sad, if someone died in your family, like, man, obviously cry, grieve, be a human. But it's like, whenever we let our flesh consume us so much to the point where we have no control over what we say, what we do, what, like, you know, what we're indulging in, that's a problem. And that means that, you know, like you said, we're allowing our flesh to control us. So for me, I've just been like, man, I, I don't want to um, allow these, these things to continue to happen in my life. I want to be different. Right. I don't ever want uh, my wife one day. I don't ever want her to question whether or not I'm going to treat her the right way. Like I don't ever want my kids to question whether or not I love them because when you get emotional and whenever you're, you know, immature, like you said, you're, you just lash out and you do things that you don't, think about it that you don't want to do and so that's why i'm trying to make effort now um to control those things so tell me that too like what's what's your best piece of advice on like how as a man how you can control yourself control your emotions like what is it that you can do to do that because i it was so amazing to me like at camp you were hitting on all the things i've always thought about but felt like i'd be a jerk if i said like honestly right. like i've always thought to myself like even men that i know that i'm close with like, I just wanted to, like, I just want to be like, yo, you cannot control yourself. Right. Like, I've wanted to say that to them, to their face, but I've been like, ah, that's kind of mean. But now since I've been around you, man, like, I've been challenging people a little more, man. <laughs> I've been like, I've been like, hey, man, you need to calm down. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, so, yeah. That, that's a big difference between being emotional and having emotions. Mm -hmm. So men can't afford to be emotional. We just can't. Mm -hmm. We can't afford to allow our emotions to make our decisions because, if my emotions make my decisions, then I may not feel like going to work. Mm. So I don't go to work. So who's going to pay the bills? I can't go to the, the mortgage, to the bank and say, hey, listen, I had a bad month. I have I got a lot going on. I'm, I'm depressed. I have anxiety issues. You don't know what happened. I mean, and so I believe anxiety and depression is real. I believe you read sure. Hebrews chapter five, verse seven, you'll see where Jesus was very emotional. 
Hebrews 5 and 7, Jesus was screaming, he was crying, he was snotting, he was, he was, it was not a good moment. But he didn't allow what he was feeling to change his actions. In Hebrews 5 mm. and 7, Jesus was like, why do I have to go through with this stuff? Why, I don't really want to go to the cross, but that's what I've been called to do. So he, was, he had emotions, but he wasn't emotional. So mm-hmm. men cannot be emotional. Have emotions. Jesus cried when his friend Lazarus died. Hebrews 5 and 7, he says he cried again. So you can cry, but wipe your face and get up and go to work. Right. So don't, 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 don't blame society. I'm an African-American man. I can say, man, they don't like black people and they're picking on me and blah, 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 blah. Okay, have a little pity party. Then wipe your face and get your butt up and go mm-hmm. to work because Taylor, KD, and Tanika are depending on you and the mm-hmm. water bill company, the light bill company, the car insurance, Progressive does not care about Willie Spears' feelings. They want mm-hmm. their money. And if they don't mm-hmm. get it, they're going to take your car insurance away. And so as men, we're called to work by the sweat of mm-hmm. our brow to provide for our family. And you don't do that if you let your emotions dictate your actions. And so mm-hmm. you asked the question, you know, how do we make sure that that's who we are? Read the scripture, be reminded by your friends who hold you accountable that mm-hmm. men aren't moved by their emotions. Even in sports, you see men losing on the sideline, cuss everybody out. You see fathers in little league games lose it. It's so, Facts, it's so, golly. it's so weak to me that you can't control yourself or that you need a substance to control you. Like I hear rappers talk about how they got to smoke weed to control themselves. Like, why would you brag on being dependent upon something? Yeah. Like, why would and not making fun of them or judging them or uh, sin is sin. But I, I don't want anybody to even know that I'm dependent upon something or I, I can't function unless I'm buzzed or unless I'm high. So that means you're, you're a little kid. Like you're not a man. <laughs> you're a little, you, you have to vape to function. You have to, you have to drink to be able to hang out at a party. You just can't hang out. You need help. So babies need help walking across the street. Baby need help going to the bathroom. You're a little baby. And so I, I just, I've always wanted to be a real man of God. And I'm, mm-hmm. I give you this testimony. I was um, at football practice talking to a coach and they were throwing a football on the sideline of players mm-hmm. and they threw a ball really hard and it pegged me in my ear. And it hurt like the dickens. Like it, my head was throbbing. But mm-hmm. I turned and I said, hey guys, Y'all put the football down and pay attention. So I didn't think anything else of it. Two years later, uh, one of our players, Gerald Bright, who played at Utah State, he made a statement. He said, the day that I saw Coach Spears not lose his cool when he got hit in the head with that ball, I said, man, he must be a Christian. Mm. He said, because I don't know anybody that wouldn't be mad, would not just scream and holler and make everybody do up. Now, he's a head coach. And I didn't even think about that. But I don't let my emotions control me. Mm. And so I wasn't happy. It made my head hurt. It hurt my ear. But I control my emotions. And that, to him, was a Christian witness. He didn't say, when I heard a coach quote the Bible, when I heard a coach singing a praise song, when I saw a coach pray with the team. No, it wasn't any of that. It was he saw my reaction and he realized most men wouldn't have reacted that way. And so mm-hmm. that's to quote, you know, preach the gospel constantly, use the words when necessary. In everyday life, we can show people Christ by the way we respond to adversity. And that's mm-hmm. a real Christian witness, not your church attendance, your what would Jesus do bracelet, your FCA t-shirt. Like that's all great. But your witness in the midst of adversity shows me who you are. Because when you get squeezed, What's inside comes out. And if you haven't Mm. been spending time with God, your flesh is going to lash out. and You're going to do what most men would do. And and unfortunately, that's most of our society. Dude, yeah, that is all of that is awesome. (laughs) Like, like, I can't even, like, think of one thing. Like, it was just all of it was so great because, man, like, you know, like you said, like when you get squeezed, what uh, what's inside of you is gonna come out. And I've always, I've always thought that, man. Like like anytime I see someone lash out or get mad or whatever, uh, like I saw this thing one time, and it was like I think it was like you know I was just looking on Instagram, and it, and I think it was kind of like a a worldly, I guess you'd say a worldly uh, page, but it said when anytime someone lashes out at you, gets mad, or just you know you know spews out their insecurities, just look at them and say, hey, you all right? 
just look at them and say, you all right? That's the first thing you got to say. And then they'll be like, yeah, I'm fine. What do you mean? Well, well you don't sound okay. <laughs> like, you know, and so I think that, you know, anytime we see men um, just not being able to control uh, how angry they get and things like that, that's not just like, oh, I'm man. No, bro, that's a that's something that maybe has happened to you in your life, something you haven't dealt with, something your flesh, like what, whatever it is. Uh, maybe you had trauma when you were younger or whatever. Um, but man, that's, that's, that's a result of something that's, you know, there, there's a root in that. It's not just like, oh yeah, that's just how I am. That is my, I'll tell you this. I got two big pet peeves and I really feel like you can relate to these. My number one pet peeve, my number two pet peeve used to be my number one pet peeve, but now my number one pet peeve is my number one pet peeve. My number one pet peeve is complaining and negativity. I can't stand it. It is my absolute, I, I cannot stand it uh, more than anything in the world. Um, and my second biggest pet peeve is when people say that's just who I am. Like whenever they do something, uh, and man, my brother and I argued about this for the longest. Uh, cause you know, I know people that love it is what it is. That's who I am. No, I hate that, bro. I hate that more than anything in the world. Like when people say, uh, yeah, man, I was smoking the other weekend. Uh, you know, I think it's in my genetics. Like that's, that's just who I am. Like, no, bro, that's you that making that decision over and over and over again. And it don't matter if it's like, you know, smoking or whatever, but like we are, uh, I, you know who Craig Groeschel is? Of course, Oklahoma, baby, yeah. Tulsa. Yeah, yeah. So I heard him say uh, who we are is the sum of the small decisions that we make every single day. And, man, if you are not aware that, you know, like the little things that you do each day adds up to the big. I remember when I was younger, I, I heard that one Bible verse. Uh, tell me, tell me if you know it. It's uh, you know, it says basically you can't have the big to you, you know, do well with the small. I can't remember what it was, but yeah. uh, yeah, but man, I, I do things. You, he won't be best you with another. Right. With more, and, yeah. Yes, and and so I I thought about that. Like you know, I watched the video with him recently, um, and he was just talking about like you know, there's a lot. Like he was talking about marriage. He's like, say there's a lot of argument in your marriage, which I've never been married, so obviously I don't know. But he was saying, you know, say there's a, a ton of just big arguments in your marriage. That didn't just happen like that. That happened from you skipping your Bible time together. That happened from you, you know, going multiple days uh, with little arguments and then building up and up and up. And he's like, that's why it's so important that the habits you have every single day um, will ultimately shape you into who you are. So what are some habits that Willie Spears does? every day, some lifestyle things that you do uh, in order to make you the person you are. Well, that, that verse is Luke 16, 10, you know, those who are honest or faithful with little things, God can entrust mm -hmm. them with, with bigger things. And so that's a lot of people are praying for financial blessings and they're not givers with the 20,000 mm -hmm. a year they're making. They want God to bless them to make 200,000 a year and they can't give a, a percentage back to God of the 2,000 that they make her to 20,000. So, so yeah, I think, I think Craig Rochelle is right on with that. Um, my, a lot of my habits, man, and I'm going to just be honest with you. Some of them mm -hmm. aren't even genuine. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just, I know I need to do them. And what I mean by genuine yeah. is I read my word every single morning. Mm -hmm. Some people, they look at TikTok when they first wake up. They look at Snap when they first wake up. They look at ESPN app when they first wake up. But the first thing I do when I wake up, I read about, right now I'm reading through Zachariah. Uh, and so every morning I read a chapter every morning before first thing I do, I wake up, I usually wake up about four 30 in the morning. I read that chapter. And what I mean by it's not genuine is sometimes I don't even remember what I read. Mm. I don't, I, I don't take notes all the time. I don't think of a sermon. I don't think, how can I use this? I just know reading my word every day is a good habit. And if I do it first thing, I'll get it. Now, sometimes mm. I read my word several times a day, but if I do it first thing, I know I will read my word every day. So that's, First thing I do, I try to exercise every day. I believe my body is not mine, belongs to God. When I became saved, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I've been bought with a price, not my own. I can't do what I want to do. I can't say what I want to say. I can't go where I want to go. So when you say uh, one of your pet peeves is, you know, it is what it is. This is who I am. That's cool for a non-believer to say. There's no problem with you mm -hmm. saying that's just who you are. Cool. But I'm not who I am. I died. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm, I, Willie Come Spears on. is dead. So I, so I can't look at, like I've been sitting in my car talking to you. A girl has walked by with these tight shorts on. She's walking. She's exercising. She's not trying to entice me. I'm sure she's wearing exercise clothes, which when you train, you don't wear baggy clothes. Mm. When you train, you wear tight clothes. 
So, but every time she's walked by, I've even made sure I was locked in on you. Or I turned my head this way mm. because my eyes don't belong to me. My eyes belong mm. to God and God doesn't want to look at a girl's booty when she walks by. And so the, the, thing, the thing that people don't get is if you're a non-believer, you can do whatever you want to do. Like you, you can say, man, I, I'm just being me. Cool. But I'm not me. I died. And so Same I've been born again. That's right. I've been born again. So my first birth, I can do whatever I want to do. But this rebirth, I don't get to do what I want to do. And so one of my daily habits is I exercise. I do not like running. I do mm. not. But I run. I speak three times on Friday. Two times in South Carolina and then one time in the evening in, um, in, in North Carolina. And on August 6th, we're working on a contract right now with, with uh, Clemson and Florida State. And we're trying to speak at both places in one day. Well, I got to have the energy to do that. I can't have that energy if I'm sitting on the couch watching Law and Order and Seinfeld all day and eating hot dogs, hamburgers, french fries, and snicker bars. But why can't I? I'm a grown man. I can afford hot dogs and hamburgers and snicker bars. So why can't I? Because I don't belong to me. That's why I can't. I can't mm. do what I want to do. I would love to binge watch Law and Order all day. I would love to watch Seinfeld all day, two of my favorite shows. But that doesn't glorify God and what he called me to do. So my daily habits, read the word every day. I pray every day. I work out every day. I try to do some type of exercise every day. And, of course, every day when I'm on the road, I try to communicate with my wife. When we're together, I try to touch her 12 times a day, non-sexual. I don't always get that done. Um, so those things help me. And I have a mentor and a mentee. And every day I talk to my mentor and mentee. I have several mentees, over 20 mm. uh, young people that I'm mentoring. But I have like four or five mentees, I mean, mentors that mentor me. And mm. I try to communicate with them every day. I don't always get it right, but those things help me every single day. And, uh, and then I'm a part of several Bible studies. I go to church. Those things help me as well. And so I'm not super Christian or anything, but when I was an athlete, I did all the drills. Whether I knew where they were for or not. I, just, I played DB. I played wide receiver. I played basketball. I played baseball. I ran track. I was on the weightlifting team. I did all the drills. Every single time. And I'm on Team Jesus. I need to do all the drills. I need to do all the drills. Many of us on Team Jesus, we don't even go to church. We don't go to any of the team mm. meetings. We don't go to any of the team functions, but we're on the team. Could you be on your basketball team at your college but not go to the practices? Definitely no. not. Right. So how are we on Team Jesus, but we never go to Bible study? We never go to church. I don't go to church. There's a bunch of hypocrites in there. They're hypocrites in the nightclub. You go there. The hypocrites in the bar. You go there. The hypocrites in Walmart. You go there. So we find excuses not to serve God, but those daily habits help me to, to, I want to have two things in my Christian walk, conviction and fruit. Mm. I want to be convicted if I do something that doesn't honor God. And I want to have fruit that comes from my time spent with him. And that doesn't happen if I don't have these daily habits. Man, I love that so much. Uh, yeah, for me, I, I'm the same way. Like I try, I want to read my word as soon as I wake up. The only time for me that that doesn't happen that I can remember that not happening. Uh, we do this thing at my, at my college uh, called four forty threes uh, for basketball. And it's uh, three times a week, the entire month of September. Um, we get up at four. We, I'm sorry. We have to be at the weight room at four forty three in the morning. And man, getting, <laughs> getting up to do that was hard. Like, cause I had never done that before. Uh, Working out wasn't hard, man. It was the getting up part. And, uh, you know, and for me, that was like that. For me, that, uh, I've heard like Jonathan Pokuda say, Bible before breakfast. Uh, BBB, Bible before. Hey, BBB, remember what you said? <laughs> with, uh, to different with BBB. BBB. No, no, no. <laughs> they don't know about that. But, <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, uh, no, Bible Good before memory. breakfast. Good memory. But Bible before breakfast. Uh yeah, and like today, man, uh, I got my coffee. I was in my word. I was in Isaiah, uh, and, and I actually got to read today. Uh, I think it was the trees, the earth may wither and the trees may fade, but the, the word of the Lord uh, will last forever. And, you know, being I think that's Isaiah 40, 48. I'm not 48, not sure. but 40.8. Yep. Yeah, I have a, uh, I read through Isaiah, and yes, that's a good one. Yeah. And, but it's like, for me, like that, man, my two favorite things or my two favorite habits I'd say is like definitely in my being in my word and working out. Like for me, if I can start my morning working out and reading my word, whichever one, 
comes first. Win, I always win, baby. the word, of course, but like, you know, man, I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, uh, and I, I kind of told you I had a surreal moment on the golf course, and uh, I kind of paused and I, I was, you know, praying and stuff, and I just, I had this big realization that um, I think I'm going hard right now in my life, but I can always go harder. I can always go harder. And I had that realization, like even today, um, you know, I did an episode before this and I've been, I've been doing some episodes and doing some edits and stuff like that today, but like, I'm going to work out right after this. And all I've been thinking about is like, when I work out, am I going to go as hard as I possibly can? And man, like that's just, that's just been on my mind all the time. Uh, and yeah. So yeah, I'm doing the same just, thing, man. I'm going to get something to eat, and then I'm going to chill for a minute, then I'm going to work out as well. Because you got to get it in, man. You got to get it in, those daily habits, those everyday drills. That That's so important. And I thank God for, for sports because the way yeah. my brain works, there's direct correlations for, for sports in my faith, and it helps nice. me to, to, to do right. And, uh, and, and, again, I haven't arrived. I don't have it all together. I have a long way to go. But I'm grateful for the season God has me in, and I look forward to growing more in my faith. And it's refreshing to see young people like you that loves the Lord and just chasing him full mm-hmm. speed. And, and we don't have to literally chase him because he's everywhere. What I mean mm-hmm. by that, with our decisions, we're going after him. And uh, right. it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing to see because a lot of times we like to say, these young folks, they don't get it. And they're all in the world. They're all doing this and they're all doing. And that's just not true. You know, that's mm-hmm. not true. There are a lot of young people that love the Lord, that are honoring him. And it's important because we're losing the church, man. The church is full of old people. And it's not very attractive to a lot of young people. And we, if we're mm-hmm. going to keep the church going, we need you young people to, to, to fall in love with Jesus right. early so that you can be the future church. Right. And, yeah, I, I, I definitely thought that. Like, like some, it's been a little discouraging for me. Um, I got one more question for you after this, and then we'll end. Uh, but I wanted to tell you real quick that, yeah, that's actually been discouraging for me sometimes because, um, man, you don't even have to – think about it in regards to a relationship. But I think sometimes when you are on fire for the Lord, sometimes you can think like there's not other people out there like that. You know, like there's not other people out there that love the Lord. There's not other people that do this and do that. But man, uh, about a year and a half ago, I got to go to passion conference. Have you, you've heard of passion. Haven't you? Come on. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, I was just making sure, just making sure, man. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. And so, uh, but I, you know, I listened to Tim Tebow, Louis Giglio, Sadie Robertson. Like I was like, listening to all these people and incredible speakers incredible and i and i just remember looking around and i i videoed it too but i remember looking around and i saw sixty thousand college students praising you're not the only Jesus. one baby you're not the and, only and I, one. yeah and so you know like we talked about before the episode even began sometimes you can think ah man like I, what if i put myself out there like you know some people are gonna um some people are not going to like that or they're going to be, you know, unattracted to that. And then you can think about that in a friendship way, too. But like, man, like the fact is that somebody out there is actually looking for somebody to be on fire for the right. Lord and looking yep. for them to, uh, you know, to live for him. And so I'm, at, I'm this is my last question. I'm going to ask you. It kind of correlates with this. Um, this is kind of a funny one, but uh, I honestly mean it. Like, why do you keep it so real? Like, why? Like, why do you keep it so real all the time? And uh you know, like, why are you so passionate when you speak and, and when you live every day? Like, keeping it real. That, that's my favorite thing you do, and I just want to know why you keep it real. Man, it's, it's, I, I can give you an hour-long answer. I try yeah. to keep it short. Yeah. But there have been a few things in my life that happened and let me know that people were phony. Mm. And so I was trying to please people that didn't matter. And I, I, I did that in the pulpit. I remember my first time preaching in a big church, and I tried to make the older people happy. And a woman named Erica McGee, she said to me, she said, I'm embarrassed that you did that. I'm like, what are you talking about? Everybody was telling me how good I did. She put me to the side. She said, I've heard you speak to our youth. That's not how mm. you speak. That's not how God wired you. So that gave mm. me some freedom. And then as I got a little bit older, I realized, you know, God gave me this message and he gave me the passion to deliver it this way. Why would I worry about what people think? You mm. know, I'm, my heart is not to upset anybody. My heart is not to even offend anyone. The, the Holy Spirit is going to do that on its own. And so, mm. as I was telling you before, I don't enjoy this. So, mm. this sounds weird, but I'm in South Carolina right now. I don't want to be here. Mm. We had over 250 kids get saved last night after Man, God spoke God. through me. Yeah, But I don't say that to brag on me. You'll never see me post numbers, but I'm just, I'm just yeah. letting you know that, that, that conf- if it was one person, 
that confirms that God has me here on assignment with all these other FCA workers and all these other staff members and the music, everybody. But if it was up to me, I would not be at Presbyterian College right now. I just right. wouldn't. If I, if you said, Willie, where you want to be today? When, today's Wednesday. I want to be at my church. I'm mm. over the 11th and 12th grade boys. I like my, my small group. I like Pastor Wayne, our pastor. I like our worship team. My wife does the name badges when we come in. My son and daughter are there on Wednesday night. That's where I want to be right now. And I live one mile from the beach. I would like mm. to be on the beach. I'm fixing to go run mm. in a minute with all these woods. Nothing wrong with woods. Woods are beautiful. I've been to mountains in a few days. Mountains are beautiful. But I like running by the Gulf of Mexico. The water's mm. emerald gold, emerald blue. I love that. That's what I want to do. But I'm not my own. I don't get to do what I want to do. And so I'm not saying... Like, I want to eat steak and God said eat chicken. I'm, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying yeah, is yeah. that I can be bold because I'm not trying to satisfy anybody in the audience. Mm. A guy said to me at my church one time, he said, man, you are so gifted. One day you're going to be preaching that passion. That's what he told me. He said, mm. man, you're, you're, you're just as good or better than the passion speakers. And I didn't say this to him because it would have came off wrong. But that's not one of my goals. Yeah, I don't have a bucket list or or a a, a vision board that says become a passion speaker. Like I don't. That's not what. So so when that when that becomes your goal, you speak in such a way so the right person can hear you, so you can get on the right stage. No 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 no. God has ordained a group of people to hear what He's given me. That's the group I want to speak to. Now, that group may be at Passion. That group may be at Presbyterian College. That group may be in Walmart in the parking lot by the buggies. I have no speaking goals. I have no ambition to be this great this or that. My goal is to honor God and to please him. And I know that sounds corny, but the re- you ask, how can I be so bold and be so real, keep it real? Because I'm not worried about somebody getting offended and coming to me afterwards and say, Willie, you can't speak that way. We're offended. So we're going to go in another direction. If they say that to me, I'm going to say, great. I can sleep in the bed with my wife tonight and go to the beach tomorrow. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, buddy. So so I, I don't mean to say that callously or like, I don't want to be here anyway. No, no, no. I would be lying if I said I didn't enjoy speaking. I'm so honored yeah. God gave me this gift that he called me to speak. I believe it's the greatest call on this side of heaven to be called to, to, to preach the gospel. And we're all called to it in different ways. But to, mm-hmm. to be called to be a communicator, I, it's a, it's a right. total honor for me, but I don't do it with the goal of making the person that hired me happy. Right. No, God hired me, buddy. He just used you to mm. do it. Yeah. So I'm going to pray that night, pray weeks leading up. I'm going to pray that morning. I'm going to pray before I get on. Lord, speak through me. And sometimes that comes across so bold. People are like, oh my goodness. Did he really just say that? Well, I work with young people. I know somebody in the if I'm talking to young people at the camp you're at, somebody smoked weed this week. Right. Somebody brought a bait with them. Somebody's gonna smash their girl when they leave this camp. Somebody stole something this week. Somebody cussed out their grandma, or their auntie, their mom this month. And so saying, hey, I invite you to turn your Bibles to John 3:16. I want you to know that God so loved the world. That's a great <laughs> message. That's awesome. And when I speak at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, that's how I preach because most of their audience, they're believers. But when I speak, right. like I just got to speaking to 500 football players and most of them don't go to church, it's going to sound totally different because one sure. thing God allowed me to do is have these prerequisites. I majored in communication. I went to school to learn how to preach. I took every theological course we had. I went back and got my master's degree in education. And I worked for Disney, one of the greatest entertainment companies in the world. And part of communicating is entertainment. And what they told me is know your audience. Mm-hmm. So when I speak to 80-year-old women, I don't speak the same way I do when I speak to 15-year-old football players. It's a totally different delivery. And I'm not being fake. I'm catering to my audience. And so sure. it's been a blessing, man. I don't mind being bold, but that's not what I, I don't get up and say, well, I'm going to shock them. I'm going to say something they can't believe. That's not my goal at all. Half the time when I speak is not from my notes. The Holy Spirit says, say this or talk about that. And I give mm-hmm. this real quick one. God told me to speak on suicide one time. And I said, mm. I, I didn't do it for two nights. And the third night I did. And it was all football players. We had like 13 guys that had tried to commit suicide that month. Wow. And if you would have asked me, I would have said, man, boys don't do that. Boys don't like, that's a girl thing. If I was at a girl's camp, yeah, but not boys. And I would have been wrong, but I went on my own flesh. 
I like, they need to hear this. And when I was a boy, I needed to hear that. And I prayed about it, but I didn't spend time in consecration before the Holy Spirit and allow mm. him to weave the message in my spirit because that takes more time and it's harder. And I just want to go off my talent and I got a word picture and a biblical illustration and I got an analogy and I got an acronym and let me, and God's like, no, we're not using that. And so I can be bold because the Holy spirit is speaking and not me. And, and I, I know this is not forever. It's a season. I thank God for this season. And it's a blessing that you heard something at camp and you said, man, I want to have this guy on my podcast. So thank yeah, you for this sure. time. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And, you know, as we close, I definitely want to, I want to tell you that, like, thank you just for uh, your constant encouragement and being, uh, you know, inspirational uh, to me and, and to everyone at the Arkansas camp. Like, man, even when we went to Colorado, like they kept talking about uh, like your messages and we, we even made jokes like just cause like, you know, man, like, you know, you're so passionate and uh, like the things you say do stick out. So like, uh, even my mom, like she was, you know, talking about the thing with like being a picker. She was like, you know, and I, I don't know, man, it's just, it's funny. Like, you know, so uh, you, you are very good at giving out like uh, memorable things. We also talk about the music thing. Like uh, you shocked us when you were like, worship and praise. Like that, <laughs> that was good though. Uh, so man, you're, you're very memorable speaker, very uh, inspirational. And the Holy spirit is definitely evident in how you speak. So thank you for coming on, man. Well, God bless you, man. I tell you this, man, please pray for me. You know, Satan mm -hmm. would love yeah. for Willie Spears to fall. Satan would love for mm -hmm. Willie Spears to live a life contradictory to what he preaches. Satan would love for Willie Spears to lose his temper on stage and, and go off and lose his witness. And, and so we just, I'm competitive, man. I don't want Satan to win. So continue mm -hmm. to pray for me, please. Sure. Pray for our travels. Pray for my family. And, and just pray that God continues to use If God's not going to speak through me, I don't want to be the speaker. Pick somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so right. pray that the humility will be genuine and that God will get the honor and the glory and that most of all, uh, that through all the memorable quotes and sayings and, and stories that the Holy Spirit convicts and mm -hmm. that lives are changed because of the word of God. For sure. Absolutely. Well, man, you know, I will be praying for you and uh, I'm excited uh, for you to you know get on to your next camp. And I, I hope I can see how it goes for you. No doubt. Hey, just so you know, Caleb is my friend. Does everybody know? Yeah. It's, 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 Caleb, we, we cool. Everybody understand that I've arrived. I've made it. It's on God's time. Is that right? On God's time? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. On God's time. So I've been on the On God's Time podcast. I'm putting it on my, I'm changing my profile uh, headline. I'm putting it on my resume. <laughs> I was on Caleb Anderson's On God's Time podcast. Don't hate. Yes, sir. Congratulate. I've made it. Yes, sir. All right. See you guys. All right. Be good.